Support for Pivot comes from Vanta. When it comes to ensuring your company has top-notch security practices, things can get complicated fast. Now, you can assess risk, secure the trust of your customers, and automate compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, and more with a single platform, and that platform is Vanta. Vanta's market-leading trust management platform helps you continuously monitor compliance alongside reporting and tracking risk. Plus, you can save time by completing security questionnaires with Vanta AI. To learn why thousands of global companies use Vanta to automate evidence collection, unify risk management, and streamline security reviews, watch Vanta's on-demand demo at vanta.com pivot. That's V-A-N-T-A dot pivot to watch Vanta's on-demand demo. Support for Pivot comes from Pendo. Pendo improves the apps your customers and employees rely on. Whether you're building applications for customers or managing applications for employees, Pendo can help deliver better experiences for your users so they can get more value from your software. Visit pendo.io slash pivot to learn more about how your team can use Pendo to start building better digital experiences. There you can also check out Pendo's lineup of free certification courses, 12 hours of in-depth training for your product management teams on topics from AI to product analytics to product-led growth. That's pendo.io slash pivot to learn more. Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from New York Magazine and the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. And I'm Scott Galloway. Scott, we have a lot to talk about, but I was up all night because my son drove back from college, which makes him like typhoid Mary of our house for Thanksgiving. So I sent him right to testing, right to testing. But he drove with a bunch of other kids. It feels very covid to me. So he drove with a bunch of kids in an enclosed car with the windows yes. up, mm. singing rock, singing to their favorite Cheap Trick album. One never knows what happened along that road trip. Let me just tell you that I immediately sent him and he's down in the basement. I throw food down there. He's staying down there until we get the results. And then I may keep him there for a few more days. Um, That's what we're doing. And what kind of do you, what, what infrastructure, I mean, by the way, testing, I mean, there's so many, so many second order effects here, but I'm curious how you got them tested because supposedly testing has uh, advanced or escalated the adoption. And I've always been a big fan of this channel of urgent care. Well, yeah, I didn't do the fast one. I didn't do the immediate one. I did one that takes 24 hours. You have to pay for it. It's this place. Mm-hmm. It's a really interesting little company called uh, Same Day Testing. Um, mm-hmm. It's not really the same day. And your insurance will pay for it if it takes 72 hours and then 24 hours if you pay $195. See, that, that fucking makes no sense. Okay, no, so insurance, you. again, trading off short-term costs for yep. long-term costs. Right. Because the only way you prevent the spread of this thing and massive uh, healthcare yeah. costs. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry. But anyway, you have how to pay he? more to How get is the young man? He's fine. He's down in the basement. I saw him from a distance. I'm making him where I, he's not allowed upstairs. <laughs> he's like, I have this basement that has a door and it has a back door. And so he can go in and out. And I may, I, I literally stayed up all last night. I didn't know he was coming so quickly because he decided to do a night drive kind of thing. And so I, um, I put new rugs down. I left him all the towels. I, stocked his refrigerator. So I was up until like three in the morning fixing for my COVID carrying son. He's not, he doesn't have COVID, but still it's like, we have to figure it out. Like my mom's coming. It's, it's really quite, I was just thinking the amount of time I'm spending, making sure people are tested and then into cars. And oh, then gosh, it's just it's crazy. It really is. Figuring really, out a bubble, figuring out when people get tested, if they should yep. get tested again. Yeah. And then Amanda yeah, went away to see her family. She did all the testing and everything else. Um, and then she's, when she's coming back, she's going to have to quarantine for like, she's going to have to stay one place and I'm going to stay another, but it's really quite, it's just a lot of time. Let me yeah. just tell it's a lot of time. Yeah, it's a lot. 
It's, a lot it's, of it's almost as if we're in a pandemic. I know. It's it's really amazing and how hard it is to navigate. I finally found this place that you can pay for. And then it's, you know, just the, the lines around the block here in D.C., yeah. Um, it's just, and I'm smart and it's like, oh my God, for people who are, this could be a disaster. This Thanksgiving for a lot of people. Anyway, in any case, COVID yeah. son is staying in the basement until further notice. Well, the good news is, is that one of the, one of the things that COVID has done in terms of it being an accelerant is there yeah. was a trend and it's an unfortunate trend, largely driven by the fact that for the first time in our nation's history is kids at the age of 30 are not doing as well as their parents were at the age of 30. Yeah. Think about that. That is really kind of ground zero of this dissatisfaction, I think, with our society. When you yeah. look up when you look up and you think I'm not doing as well as my mom or dad, it's 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 incredibly upsetting. And then it's a, equally ex- upsetting for the parents to look down because they feel as if they have not checked that box instinctually. Though his his parents were very he was my one son, my younger son was like, my parents are too productive. Like we're too like right. he doesn't want to keep up. We're we're a I little wasn't, bit. I wasn't talking in this instance. I wasn't yeah. talking specifically about uh, the yes, Swisher family true. of overachievers. I, I feel my kids are. What I was great. talking about one of the trends. Yeah. Back to me. Yes. Thank yeah. you. And the okay. insight that everyone comes here for. <laughs> Yes. Go ahead. Okay, so a big trend in our society was that more and more kids, especially young men, were moving back home after college or before college. Do you realize now, now, there are more people between the age of 18 and 30 living with their parents and living on their own? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's... That's really, I think that's really upsetting. Yeah. Well, back to me. He's going to stay here till the January 21st. He's not coming. He's not going back for the two weeks between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Oh, yeah. That makes no sense. Yeah. And by the way, the schools are expecting that. We know that's happening. Yeah. So anyway, so he's going to be with me for a while. That's why we're doing all this basement testing thing. Anyway, uh, speaking of which, you have a book coming out. We're going to devote the entire Thanksgiving show to that. Well, thank you. No, let's talk more about about one of your kids maybe having COVID. You know what? By the way, everyone's kid maybe has COVID right now. started last week's show talking about your penis excessively. So I'm going to talk about my children's. First two purchasers of the book. book Sign copy for Big Ed and the Twins. Okay, listen. Post Corona crisis to opportunity, so that's yes. kind of positivity. We're going right. to talk. We're going to. It's coming out this week. Everybody buy it. We're going to talk about it full show on Thursday. You're going to go through Just it. By the way, by the way, it's dropping tomorrow, and this is very exciting. I'm number two in hot new releases in economics. But you know who's number one? Who? Well, who would be the worst person Mayor to go Pete? up against? I don't know who? on Amazon in a book release. Uh, I don't Jeff fucking Bezos is number one. He has a book coming out the same day as me. Thanks, Jeff. But it's totally unfair. It's coming out in economics where my book is coming out. Shouldn't it come out in amateur photography, Kara? Uh, Shouldn't it come out in amateur (laughs) photography? (laughs) Do you know? Seriously, so that's what I have to do with Bezos the day my book comes you. out. Bezos, he's going to keep topping you. And it's he's, called you're dropping Laundering and, and Investing top. or whatever. It should so be called Feel My Midlife Crisis. That's you what know, that book should be called. Last time I wrote a book, I was on Amazon. I was number two on the whole thing because it was so small. The thing was so small, but you know what was ahead of me? What's that? Sugar Busters. What's that? I don't know. It was a book called Sugar Busters, and I could never top Sugar Busters. It's going to, you're going to have to live with this. Jeff mm-hmm. Bezos will top you. It's a better person to be topped than by Sugar Busters. Oh, God, fucking Bezos, you. seriously. That's All what right. I got. Speaking get. of topping people, the new Wonder Woman movie will release both yeah. in theaters on Christmas Day and available on streaming on HBO Max. I'm very excited. I have HBO Max. What does it say about Hollywood releases? They this had is, to. It was this just is a sitting big deal. There. Yeah. This is a big deal. Explain because... the big dealness of it. Well, if, if you think about it, theaters had uh, an incredibly important role. They were the sugar high right out of the gates. You could get, yeah. and, and it's kind of ruined everything because everything's about guys in tights running around. But, uh, and I think that's created a huge opening for streaming video. But effectively, they had a stranglehold. Well, for the first eight weeks, they had a mandatory window where you couldn't be in home. 
Yeah. And the pandemic is not only not only are they closed, but there's some question about people are ever returning. Yeah. And AT&T, Warner, has decided they're taking a film that uh, the sequel was a big movie theater movie 700 million this one could do a billion and they've said it all right and and there's a lot of lessons in here not only the transformation the uh, the first order effect is obviously movie theaters i don't know what's the term fucked we know that right we know that some of the second order effects that we're not focusing on are society from a societal standpoint all the places where we used to run into people who maybe didn't look smell or feel like us different economic class which is really important for america Mm -hmm. malls theaters yeah are going away. We're becoming well, more and more segregated, and that's a really terrible away. thing. That's that's a trend. I haven't been in a mall in forever. Like but in, in forever. addition, in addition, uh, I think CEOs are getting the memo, and that is revenues are not created equally. If you think about all the money and all the shareholder value that's being driven by streaming video platforms, whether it's Amazon Prime, Apple, Prime Video, Apple TV+, Netflix, the revenues they're fighting over is actually mm-hmm. about a third of the revenues of the EBITDA, anyways, that the cable bundle produces. Mm-hmm. But the marketplace says not all revenues are created equally. And one of the one of the things I do when I'm talking to a CEO is I say, okay, keep in mind you have so much pressure on you to deliver a certain expectation around EBITDA, and that's what they're totally focused on. But are you yeah. studying to the wrong test? Because what AT and T and Warner have deftly decided is that if they can drive another one or two million signups for HBO Max yep. at 15 bucks a month, 180 bucks, $180 million in recurring revenue, yep. that's where the billion to $2 billion in shareholder value. Yep. Even if they lose 500 million of that billion they would get by keeping it exclusive in theaters. Yeah, and they couldn't wait, right? Like they couldn't wait this thing well, until next summer. Black everything's going to be delayed. Yeah. I know. I would like to see this one I was really excited to see. And the Top Gun one, there's the James Bond movie. It's I think that's still... But but you know why this happened? Because Tenet, they decided to go into theaters with Tenet and it didn't work. Didn't work, yeah. Uh, This is, this is, and and Pixar's taking a lead here and it's it's releasing their latest on Christmas Day. I'm totally watching Wonder Woman. That's what I'm doing Christmas Day, watching Wonder Woman. Yeah, and it could drive. I bought Mulan. Didn't love oh, you Mulan. Did. You, you, there's so many models here. There's a hybrid concurrent release, which AT&T is doing. Yeah. There's exclusive to the release. And think about this. Think about what an advantage. I mean, it's just so shocking. AT&T had so many advantages. One, they came into streaming video about the time broadband was really escalating because nobody thought you could even stream a movie, a, a, a movie at home for a large population. Yeah. In addition, all the none of their competitors we're offering that quality of movies in home because they were all s- focused on running it through the sugar hive of of theaters first. Yeah, I mean th- this is a this is actually a really I, big deal. It and is. Then this, and then what do you do with all these? What do you do with all this real estate? Do do basically movie all theaters? Not just movie theaters. So many things. So many offices. I mean, oh, go yeah, down to any downtown. Like downtown, there's New York is sort of downtown show. everywhere. There's like people live everywhere, but in in heart of downtowns like Washington, just nobody. Like when you go down there, nobody. And you wonder like what they're going to do with all the real estate, what commercial estate is going to do, what mall, malls have already been on the dying end. There's been a million stories about the end of malls and everything, but it's really quite, um, it's a whole reset. And I'm, I, you know, I thought about buying like the home stuff. I thought about buying a better television this week, yeah. like a really good one, a big one. And so just to just give it in. And there are and, so many changes economically and societally ab- about what happens to a new world post corona. Someone should write a book about this. Yes, oh, wait. We'll talk about it next week. Listen, oh, we'll talk about it Thursday. There are Thanksgiving togetherness. Okay. See, we're not leaving each other even on Thanksgiving because we love well, you. Well, I like to think we're spending it with our family, Kara. <laughs> 
Well, I very just threw briefly, up in my we're mouth. gonna we we will talk about Joe Biden a little bit next week about who he's yeah, picking. Oh he's God. picking all Anthony Blinken and Secretary of State. Literally, he was like move. all these people that look very different from each other. It wasn't like a series. He happens to be a white guy, but there's this this, this cabinet so far looks pretty diverse and interesting. Now he has to pick his treasury secretary, which is going to come up and apparently it's going to be accepted Ooh. by all you elements of the Democrat. Who? Who? I'll give you some hints. Janet Yellen, I heard. Oh, 100%. Oh, you did, you stole my thunder. Sorry. One, <laughs> one best instructor twice yeah. at the Haas School of Business. Right. Right. One has won best instructor. You don't realize how hard that, I, I realize it. You know how many times I've won best instructor? Yeah. How many? Think? One, two, three. None. I've never won it, Kara. Right. Can I, I just say, it. having interviewed her, she does not take personal. She is one tough cookie. Oh, she is lock on. Lock on. She I felt is, so stupid when I was. She is going to be. She is going to be uh, Treasury Secretary Professor Janet Yellen. This woman is incredible. Yeah. Thoughtful, reasonable, has respect from both sides of the aisle. Yeah. Does not take. It does not take Shit. outside pressure. Just looks at the data. She, she really would be a does. Fantastic she would I'm be really great. She, I that. really enjoyed it, but I felt really stupid. But speaking of really, really stupid, let's talk some moves in media. Let's get on to big stories. BuzzFeed announced they bought the Huffington Post last week. As you know, BuzzFeed is expected uh, to break even this year after cutting costs by $30 million, according to the Wall Street Journal. BuzzFeed picked up the company from Verizon, another one of those deals, like we talked about last week, AT&T shedding itself of the deals they made. This was under Tim uh, Armstrong, if you recall. Uh, Both BuzzFeed and the Huffington Post are unionized. Uh, Meanwhile, Vox's founder and editor-in-chief, Ezra Klein, uh, is the latest of the blog founders to announce he's headed to the New York Times as a columnist. He's also going to do a podcast. Sounds like someone we know. Um, the New York Times now employs the former editors and chiefs of Vox, BuzzFeed News, Gizmodo, Fusion, The All, and Gawker. So, Scott, what is happening here? This is also a big deal because the market o- over time responds to, to we're a capitalist society. Everyone yep. wants a broader set of selection mates. They want the kids to have more p- opportunity. They want to party in St. Bart's. So compensation drives all behavior in corporate America. Compensation is largely driven by the equity value of the company. So basically, strategies are largely cats chasing this red dot of where they think they can get the highest multiple on their revenues. And an example of this is everybody putting .com at the end of their company and figuring out that $1 of e-commerce revenue was equal, at least for a while, to 10 of terrestrial revenue. And everybody made this bet, not everybody. A lot of people made the mistake of thinking that uh, uh, the media companies that were the new guys, right? The HuffPost, the BuzzFeeds were worth a lot more. A lot of, a lot of investment capital has just been evaporated there. What they failed to, what they failed to realize is that the, the arbitrage and the disparity between low multiples and high multiples isn't on the medium any longer. It's on the business model specifically, yeah. specifically. And this is a proxy, a forward looking indicator of who survives and who doesn't in media. It's not old versus new. It's one thing. It's the percentage of revenue you are getting from subscription. Yep. Like the you know times. who's one of the most bulletproof, and this is the segue into your company, uh, into this next story. You know who is the most bulletproof media company in the world right now, other yep. than Netflix, which gets 100% of the revenue from subscription? New York Times. Uh, gangster. Exactly right, Kara. 68% of the revenue from subscription. Why do you think I and went bu- over there? And oh, by the way, yeah. what are they doing with all that cheap capital? They're what? coming in and they're buying the editor of chief of all those quote new, shiny, sexy digital yeah. companies who, by the way, have shitty business models because they're ad based. They're ad based. It's not old versus new. It's whether you're advertising based or you're subscription based, full stop. 
Well, there you go. What do you think about Verizon, which has deep pockets, getting rid of Huffington Post? That was a big deal. Remember, that was the Yahoo was involved. I wrote about it. I spent so many hours of my life wasted, obviously, at this point, writing about all these different consolidations among these telcos, not just uh, Verizon, but Verizon bought uh, Yahoo. Uh, AOL, yeah. AOL. Yeah, but there's a big difference. Okay, so... And then they bought Huffington Post as part of that. I I broke that story, actually. But Verizon, but Verizon, their adventures in media and failed attempts to differentiate are mm-hmm. is a five billion dollar mistake. I think they yeah. bought Yahoo AL for around five billion. Mm-hmm. AT and T's adventures in media was a hundred and ten billion dollar mistake. Yeah. So, uh, quite frankly, they said Yahoo coming like Verizon. That's like I'm you know like th- three weeks of uh, three yeah. weeks of EBITDA. It's it doesn't matter. They, they they look at it and they say, okay, sell it. Who cares? It's a distraction. When AT&T has to sell or spin or do something funky with with, you know, everything from Turner to TBS to HBO to CNN, they're going to yeah. have to be very elegant about how they communicate that and be very thoughtful around it. The the, the decision to sell HuffPo was literally on I don't know, I forget who the CEO of Verizon on his way home from the Hamptons. He's like, "Oh fuck, it. I'm sick of this shit. Just sell it." That's about how long that. Yeah, the revenue apparently dropped dropped off. The it wasn't doing badly actually, from given how big it is and how many it wasn't doing badly. But I think the revenue dropped off the face of the earth. But but not but ad supported digital platforms right now, like HuffPo and BuzzFeed, are now officially distressed assets, and that is the strategy moving forward will be consolidation and cost cutting. They're Mm going to go off their toes onto their heels. By the way, it might be a good place to make money. You know. I was, again, I keep talking about the Yellow Pages business, but if companies are valued at two to three times EBITDA, you can go in and you can cut costs faster than declining revenues. And that's what's happening here. That asset class is now officially a distressed asset class. It's going to be about, they took HuffPo and they took BuzzFeed and they said, okay, the two CFOs, one of you, one of you gets, to, yeah. gets yeah. voted off the island. They're going to cut yeah. costs, yeah, consolidate. You're no longer running sports. The editor there, you're running sports and lifestyles or whatever. And yeah. they'll start acquiring other little guys that don't have a chance in hell. But that class now, non or ad supported so what do you digital do? media, what is would now you distressed. Do? What, wait, first of all, what what do you do then if you are an ad supported? What ha- they just don't exist, or because look, look how many people they've thrown off the really good people, including myself. But, it's, uh, the, the, I'm not here with a message of hope. I, yeah. I think it's 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 an infinitely American thing mm-hmm. that whenever these boards or companies. <laughs> invite me in to talk to them, they think for sure I'm going to come with ideas and answers yeah. about a great future. Right. And the reality is something like BuzzFeed or HuffPo or Refinery29, uh-huh. they don't have, they're like single title publishing in the magazine business. That is being a pilot on, on, on you know, on Spirit Airways. Your days mm-hmm. are, it's just, not even Spirit Airways, TWA. All right. it, it may have been great for a while, your days are numbered. And those companies really only have one choice. And that is, they probably don't have the capital. I mean, my initial go-to is go to a, a rental or subscription. They don't have the capital to offer that, anything that compelling. So what they have to do is get a private equity-backed sponsor and consolidate and bulk up and cut costs. And then what do you do when you bulk up? Well, you have, you, you basically you have one sales team selling Because they've tried that. Remember Fusion, that whole, there was a whole bunch of those going on. But but I'll give you an example. Our company, Vox, yeah. when they bulk up with New York Magazine, they've got a much bigger inventory to sell. They've got they've got more revenues to spread across a fixed cost base. You know, that's the right strategy. So what's next? What is the next one among these companies? 
I don't know. That's a good question. I think the next story, and I realize it's sensitive. All right, so you. you're 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 Jonah Peretti. What do you do next? And what and you're Jim Bankoff. What do you do next? Let's give him some. Let's give him free advice. Our owner pivot. Uh, well, well, realistically, if you're just totally selfish, you find one of these spacs that is cheap. I don't want to call it stupid money, but there are so many spacs right there. You sell those back. Yeah. Uh, because uh, the market is so horny. It's it's the feces move. Like throw feces at tourists to the unicorn zoo, specifically. <laughs> You know, which is kind of the ultimate core competence of every VC. Throws feces. Let's create momentum. Uh Let's get a higher valuation. Let's get into the public markets. Sell, 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 and let the public markets figure out if this shit works. Yeah. And some CEOs got to work 110 hours a week, unless, of course, you have a beard and a nose ring, and then you work 20 hours a week. But another story. So they have to bulk up. 100%. They have to bulk up. They have to either occupy niches and get a higher CPM. I mean. We're, it's, you know, we're very good at turning everything back to us. We get mm-hmm. fantastic revenues on, on Pivot because right. we appeal to basically yeah. white tech guys. And advertisers love that. Yeah, They love because they generally have influence a lot of budget. But yeah, they either have to go, the specific crowds out the general, they have to go very niche or they mm-hmm. have to bulk up. Or, yeah. But in the short term, that's a business strategy, a financial strategy, quite frankly, yeah. is to return Cut the calls of all these SPACs that are floating SPACs. around trying to find a company. Bank off SPAC. I know some SPAC people. We know a thing or two about SPACs. Bank SPAC off it up. SPAC. Bank SPAC. Bank SPAC. SPAC. Bank SPAC. Bank SPAC. Wait. Off. Bank off SPAC. SPAC off bank. Oh, that sounds dirty at this point. Yeah, All there's right, a so, website. So, so Spank though bank, you never bank ask bank? me questions, I will ask myself a question because it's well, written yes, here. Okay, by I'm me. sorry. That was rude of me as, <laughs> as usual. So you you are ground zero for this. And I was literally yes, avoiding it because I didn't want to put you in a comfortable spot. Early. I was early as usual. I'm always early. But everybody's following you. And and yeah. but this goes back I to the I also sold notion. early because I saw so you know what I mean? Like but the I New York sold Times, everyone says what's happening here. You know what's happening here. The New York Times is finally paying up. Yep. New York Times is clearly saying, Hey Ezra, hey Kara, here's some real cabbage uh-huh. and real opportunity and scale and reach and infrastructure. And they have to, by the way. It's theirs to lose in the in the podcast space. I that's what I told them. I'm like, either let Spotify do it or you can own it. Like don't let another a pitch go by. This is the one you yeah. can win in. This is yeah. one you can really win in and 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 own in a lot in a really significant way. So that was my. Well, I'm just I mean, okay. So just adventures in the New York Times yeah. in 2002, and I know this painfully. New York Times stock was at 55. It was. Yeah. Uh, an activist came in and put a crazy professor on the board in 2008. Uh, we bought stock at 18, and within 13 months, the stock was at three and a half, three dollars and fifty cents. Great recession had something to do with that. And now what's it at? And it's 40s again. Yeah. So they now have the capital. They're off their heels, onto their toes. It's yeah. interesting that they're going after. Clearly, the other learning here, and I'm sorry, I, I totally That's interrupted good. you. But of one of the first did. observations I made as a young, I'm like right in the middle, but why ask me? But go ahead. One of the, one of the observations. <laughs> I actually did it two years ago, but okay, go ahead. I'm in the basement. Anyways, <laughs> one of the things I'll we'll do. you in the basement. That's we'll come back. Going. I promise we'll come back to right. Adventures in Kara Swisher's career. No, I'm just um, telling you, I was there. I'm in the middle of this. I did all these things, but go ahead. You tell me. Okay. So <laughs> one of the first observations I made as a business person was uh, I was hired to do, to build and do the strategy for William Sonoma's internet, built their first website. Pat Connolly, totally visionary, CMO, got into the internet before any specialty retailer. Now more than 50% of William Sonoma's revenue is done through e-commerce. Arguably, it's one of the highest margin e-commerce companies in the world. Anyway, anyway, one of the things that they, Howard Lester told me, uh, the CEO and Pat, is that the moment we can get someone to purchase items from William Sonoma through more than one channel, yeah, 
that person becomes, the retention is greater, the lifetime value skyrockets. The moment we can get someone to buy in the catalog and in the store or in the store and on the website, a multi-channel buyer. And here's the thing. Here's the All thing. Right. This is get who to your the New point. York You're going to land this, this media airplane soon. Go ahead. Here's, here's the point. The New York Times and Spotify and everybody else is going to realize that people, IP creators, that in the result of their IP creates revenue is worth X. But IP creators such as Kara Swisher <laughs> that write and do podcasts are multi-channel media Multi properties. Yeah. are worth substantially more. Yes. And so if you notice all the big money, all the recruiting of individuals, who's it going to? It's going after, it's going after people who are multi-channel, who multi understand how to communicate big their Twitter IP phones. and their ideas through multiple channels. Yes, indeed. I did see this early. But I'm not an employee of the New York Times, interestingly. People think I am, but you know they hired Ezra, they hired Ben Smith, uh, and all the others. I am not an. I don't try declined. and tame the cat. I decline to. I have a, don't I have a strategy around. The cat it. will not be caged. I don't want to be caged. She I got needs other to things. run. Don't stand too close things. to your flame. You'll but get they burned. Were, let me just say they were totally. Initially, they were reticent, and because they want to like sort of have you as an employee, but then they were very. Uh, I explained my my piece to them, and they liked it, and we're making great content now. So. You can do this a lot of different ways, people in media. That's all I have to say. You can do it in different ways. You can be a little more safety by being an employee, but you also can be, uh, you can, a lot of these companies are now very open to doing things in fresh new ways, which I really appreciate. And they really are, I have to yeah, say. Yeah, when you have huge leverage like is, like you do. <laughs> They're incredibly well, open to people. <laughs> well, yeah, what do yeah. you want? They're it's a more common. They have you noticed how nice they are lately to us at Vox? Now that yeah. we're, we're, we're like <laughs> that making nice. a shit ton of money. I don't They're see like, my turkey. You're so interesting. Let's grab drinks. Where's my pies? Yeah, like, they do that with you. They never call me. Um, in any case, we we are we are I'm the catbird seat. We are the catbird seat. That's you right. and me, and unfortunately, it's with you. But here we are. Anyway, Scott, let's go on a quick break. We get back. Speaking of uh, of people that are interesting to talk to and or have a lot of different ways to uh, can sing, dance, and uh, act at the same time, we'll be back uh, to talk with our friend of Pivot, Joanna Cole. Talk about oh, shopping. Joanna. She's also on the board of Snapchat, which has been trying to keep up with TikTok, and she has involved in a SPAC. So she is a perfect guest for today. When we get back. Support for this show comes from Virgin Atlantic. Let's talk travel. Whether you're setting off on a business trip or taking that well-deserved summer vacation, we're always so focused to getting to our destination that we forget to embrace the journey. Well, when you fly Virgin Atlantic, it serves as a reminder that a memorable trip begins right from the moment you check in. That's why they offer loads of special touches to truly elevate your time in the sky, such as in-flight movies, music, TV, and podcasts that you actually can't wait to dive into, a snack bar that you can help yourself to at any time, and an iconically British high tea high up in the clouds. They've got these little salt and pepper shakers that you're encouraged to pocket as your first souvenir. And if you're feeling really fancy, how about a wine tasting experience at 38,000 feet? Uh, so really, we're just getting started. From their brilliant next-level service to the food, the entertainment, the planes, the clubhouse, the crew, and so much more, these are just a few of the many special touches that make me love flying with Virgin Atlantic. And I do. I fly Virgin Atlantic a lot. Check out virginatlantic.com for your next trip to London and beyond and see for yourself how traveling for business can always be a pleasure. Pleasure. 
Support for Pivot comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software, including Jira, Confluence, and Trello, help power the collaboration for teams to accomplish what would otherwise be impossible alone. Because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200, or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR, and legal, can stay connected and moving together as one towards shared, company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Scott, we're back. We have to do this very quickly because Joanne's coming very soon. Uh, Snapchat uh, is launching a TikTok competitor called Spotlight. Snapchat says it'll divvy up a million dollars between the most popular creators on the app per day through the end of 2020. Kind of interesting way. The app is launching in 11 countries, including the US, UK, France, Germany, and Australia. Unlike TikTok, though there'll be no public comment section and profiles will be private by default. That is that TikTok does have comments, although no, nobody really uses those as much. So what do you think? What do you think about this? Snapchat's actually copying something for the first time. It usually gets copied from by Facebook. So what do you think about this? Uh, I'm excited, but yeah, I think it's too. not about it. I think the the secret sauce here is the algorithm. Because yeah. I'm, I'm, so I'm obsessed with um, TikTok. I just yeah. can't get over it. And yeah, I know you I, are. I, well, I just think it's so, I, A, I like the videos and, I, and then I figure out, oh my God, I'm interested in this. I'm like, I am interested in yes, this. How did too. they know that before I did? Yeah. It, it, for, in, my, in my view, Snapchat, I'm, I'm sorry, TikTok is really yeah. the first example other than, when I get to episode four of The Queen's Gambit and Netflix figures out that I should start watching episode five and three, two, one, the best, mm-hmm. the most obvious means of AI changing my life, quite frankly, is, is TikTok. Mm-hmm. I just think it's incredible given the volume of stuff that they've managed to zero in on this. I enjoy watching chiropractors adjust people's necks. Yeah. Who would have known that? That's Who would have known that? But TikTok knows That's it. Interesting. TikTok would, knows why it. Why don't I get those? That's interesting. And here's what, you know what Reels does? Reels mm-hmm. just goes... My sense of Facebook is it just goes more extreme. Like I watch, I like watching people talk about Black Lives Matter that are almost naked, like really hot <laughs> men and women who are almost naked Wait talking second, about social Facebook? issues. You do that on Facebook? No, I do it on, I do it, I guess, well, it's not, I don't do it. It's done to me. They decide I'm interested in watching this, this is, hot guy without saying, a shirt talk about Black Lives this Matter. This is on, on Facebook. But anyways, Reels or Facebook, the algorithm isn't good. It just goes dirtier or it yeah. goes more extreme. I mean, that's what they do, right? They're I like, oh, you Facebook like politics. You anyway, like I don't find Instagram delightful anymore. I don't. I don't Ooh, like. That's I, interesting. I, I will watch TikTok for hours and i will not uh, you watch too? instagram yes oh I my god you don't read you do not read my work in the new york times months months and months and months you ago do not read the, my work. i talked about the delightful <laughs> well, element the entertainment the, the emphasis of media on social media the algorithm and then i said i use a burner phone because i the chinese because chinese so That's incredible i have to tell you i love it i sit there i sit there and just i, to, I get tie-dye but you get like chiropractor oh i would like that why don't yeah, I, I get, get that? Cool. And I get snakes eating small animals. Oh, I don't get that. Uh, yeah, get you get tie weird dye shit. and bake and cooking. 
Oh, see, yeah, we get much different things. I would much like to get a chiropractor. How do things. I get a chiropractor? Send me a link and then I'll start watching chiropractor ones and I'll get more. I would like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't think you need to see what I'm saying. I yeah. doubt it. I'm sure. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, uh, you know, it doesn't go that uh, dirty ever for me. That's another thing that I like. It doesn't go it, extreme. It, it doesn't It doesn't go dirty. It right. goes like very PG-13. Like, let's pretend you're interested in this issue, but the person talking about it forgot to put on her bra. It's yeah, that, okay, it, okay. It's right. very good that let's way. Let's talk about Snapchat. What is their unique contribution to this? Well, they're fantastic in terms of product. They're yeah. fantastic in terms of design. They've basically been Facebook's product development department for the last 10 years. It's a good opportunity now that TikTok's on but its heels. I don't, I, and again, it might be that it's like, you know, the functional families are the ones you don't know. Yeah. I find that AI, I assume AI takes deep, scary, design. intense design too. research algorithms, investment. I mean, I, I don't understand how they do it. And I assume that that is a real barrier of entry. And I wonder if, if Snap has the technical chops, the resources, the capital to come up. Because if Facebook can't figure out an algorithm, I've, I've been on Reels. Yeah, it keeps me engaged for like 30 seconds. I'm done. I got to so, tell you, yeah, Facebook is the least entertaining group of people ever. Let, let us just say. <sighs> They are the least. Say more. Say more. Say They're more. just like, they couldn't create anything creative if, if their life depended on it. I'm sorry. They just can't. They can make nice lists and create, you know, dumb groups where people talk about Antifa coming to their town, but nothing interesting. I always find things interesting on Snapchat. Even, you know, I'm on it right now. I have to look at it to see how it's going there. But I think the interesting paying these people is smart. People did that. YouTube did that. Other people mm-hmm. have tried to do that to pull people off of YouTube. Um, I think, you know, getting some of these popular creators to come over there and try it, why not? Why not? Mm-hmm. Why not? You know, it's a good idea. I think we'll see how it goes. I think they have a group of people that are huge fans. Like my kids use them almost exclusively. They're way off of Instagram now, and they used to be much more so. Um, but I think Instagram is popular with teenagers for sure. But I think they, they've they stuck with Snapchat, and the more you can offer them, the better it is. And I think they will watch these things, especially my younger son who's 15. But the lesson to any consumer company, um, any individual who's in the business of IP, any professor, yeah. I've been talking to my colleagues about this, you are not going to be able to create the level of awareness for five, ten times the amount of investment you need right now uh, on TikTok that it'll take in two or three years. This is Instagram in the early days. You're going yep. to look back. You know, when we when I first launched Red Envelope, you could buy Mother's Day gift, a keyword on Google for 10 cents. Within three years, it was like a buck 80. Yeah. This will be, you will look back and think, why weren't we doing everything we could? Well, now they did have some trouble with some other stuff, as you recall. They've tried a whole bunch of this. Remember, they had the whole creator area and it didn't work. And so I do think they do have issues that they don't always get everything right, for sure. They don't. Well, yeah, who does? I, I mean, know, but they've tried a bunch of this media stuff and moved it around. I think a lot of it was where it was uh, where it was placed, you know, where it was put on the thing. The things my kids complained about when they were in, I think it was Discover, I guess. I can't remember what everything was called. But when they did that, my kids were more annoyed of where they put it rather than mm-hmm. the thing. Hmm. Like they messed up this and why do you have to go over here, here? It was all about logistics because they were used to using it as a utility for communications and it got in their way. And so that was interesting. And then then they just were do the, the issue is for, for Snapchat, I think, and I'm I'm mm-hmm. gonna be talking to Evan Spiegel uh, soon about it, um, is is people, even if they do it well, and I thought a lot of their Discover stuff, I think it's called Discover, uh, was um well done. I think people come there to communicate. I don't think they come there to be entertained. And so that's really why, how I wonder how well it's going to do. Like, you like is, Evan. 
I do. I do. I did. Yeah. You know, he and I, the first me, several years, we had a very testy relationship. And one time he had a lunch where he just yelled at me in Los Angeles. The food was delicious, but he just yelled at me. Um, and, uh, but he's, he has evolved. That's what I would yeah, say. That's an image. Yeah, I know. He was just yelling at me over this beautiful, it was down in, uh, not Santa Monica, the next Venice Beach. It was yeah, so, that's where it, their headquarters whatever, are. uh, yeah. uh, on Abbott Kinney. And it was, uh, it was a delightfully delicious lunch, but he yelled at me. It was like a teenager yelling at me. I was like, I don't really feel like listening to you, Evan. Um, but he has evolved, and I like that about him. He's an evolved. He's evolved. He he's added a lot more women to the thing. They definitely had some cultural you so problems. You have a type. No, you I like don't have a type. Young, dark, and lovely guys. Dark you and lovely. So he's blonde. He looks like a you California so surfer. What are you talking about? He's not even You're dark. So, I'm a little bit country. You're a little bit hetero. <laughs> you love <laughs> those young dudes with the I dark hair. I do not. I do not. Oh my I'm god! So glad you not so to love him. those guys. I so don't. You're so hot I, for daddy as long as daddy no. is young <laughs> no, with dark hair. No, no. He doesn't have dark hair. He has blonde hair. You're Evan completely Spiegel? wrong. But he has hair unlike you, which is a very different style. He looks like. He should be in a boy band. That he guy does not have. He has light hair. Oh my god. Oh my god. We're on a visual media platform. Who's he kidding? He's his married to a supermodel. His name you is Bradley, wish. and he's the sullen lead <laughs> you, of a boy band. He is not. He's married to a Stop supermodel. Stop pretending he to be children. Evan Spiegel. Uh, in any case, he. I. I. I never count him out in terms of creativity, and that's what I like about him because um, he's creative. I, and I. I was a very early and loud critic of Snap. I thought they were going to yeah, get absolutely were. run over. Yeah, By Facebook, didn't. and I was wrong. Yeah, they're Good doing really well. Stocks up. Yeah. Doing really I like well. when you say you're wrong. I think that's nice. Well, speaking of which, <laughs> speaking of which, someone who's on the board of Snapchat and a friend of ours is going to be coming on. So let's bring on friend of Pivot, Joanna Coles, is a tech and media entrepreneur and former editor in chief of Cosmopolitan Magazine. But here on Pivot, she is lovingly known as the Queen Bee. Joanna. Joanna, welcome to Pivot. We were just talking about Snapchat, upon which you are on the board. They're talking about their new spotlight. Do you care to comment? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm very, very pleased with the impact it's had on the stock price. We're very excited about <laughs> it. It's such an innovative company. I've been on the board now for five years, and it's just one thing after another. And if there's any fault, I would say, with Snap, it's not that, well, it's that we haven't always been brilliant at telling people about all our innovations and now we're getting much better at it so spotlight is exciting so so what is it different how do you how do you conceive it because snapchat usually gets copied from this is a tiktok ripoff i mean you know snap was actually doing this a long time ago uh-huh. the whole sort of I'm notion sorry. of I'm it sorry, oh Joanna, yes we're friends oh, we're yes. friends come on oh yes uh, just so you know kara i have guest speakers come to my class 280 kids on tuesday night and you know who joanna was good enough to come on and be a guest speaker and you know who is the most popular speaker of the entire semester joanna Andrew Yang, but number two <laughs> was Joanna. The students absolutely love. Anyways, back to the pivot. Okay, so. Do you know, Scott, I will just say I was walking down Mercer Street the other day and someone shouted at me and it was from, it was one of your students oh, who nice. said how much she loved your class. And I was like, are you sure? Oh, right. And she was emphatic. Right. She was <laughs> emphatic that she, she enjoyed emphatic. your class. I've been, I've been voted most, I've been voted most innovative. Anyways, uh. Ask a question, Scott. Okay, okay. So, uh, 10 years ago, not even 10, five years ago, if not 10 years ago, or 10 years ago, if not five years ago, Joanna Coles was at the epicenter of printed magazines and fashion. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say those were not great, great, you know, carts to attach 
your horse to. Wait, great horses to attach your cart to. Do you mean wagons to hitch my ride to? There you go. Whatever. The wrong rocket fuel, the wrong horse to ride, whatever it is. And now you're kind of in ground zero of not only media, Snap, but you're also on the board of a hardware company, Sonos, which is one of my favorite brands in the world. Mm -hmm. You have, I don't want to say reinvented yourself because you've brought the same skills, but you clearly have an ability to see around the corner and see what's next and how to position yeah. yourself. What do you see? Uh, what do you see as kind of the next, the next thing or things in it's media and, and, and or shopping too? Or, what in fashion or wherever? Yeah, well, I will say. Uh, I mean, magazines were in decline. I got the last great years of them. It, obviously, uh, it was managing an industry in decline, and at the end, I was the chief content officer for her. So overseeing three hundred magazines globally. Um, and as fast as you could pull them into the digital era, it was very hard, obviously, to keep up with the scale of something like Facebook or Google, which, as we know, has sucked all the advertising uh, yeah. out of these businesses. But enormous fun to work there. And, you know, you really came across very creative people and fashion is such an interesting thing to be involved in. Uh, you know, and I spend a lot of my time now thinking about the future of fashion online, the future of retail online. Uh, clearly, COVID has given us a glimpse into the future. I think it's sped up or it's accelerated, as everybody's saying at the moment, shopping trends uh, probably by 10 years. And that's what the head of Shopify was saying the other day. And I think I think he's right. And you I see where he got all that. these... I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, well, he got it from you. He got it from <laughs> Thank you. you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I'm a regular listener. He's a yawning I know that you maw love... of insecurity, Joanna. Keep going. Um, no, oh, they all insecure. are. They all are, Cara. <laughs> Number Cara, two you behind Jeff Bezos. You and I know that. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, go um, ahead. But clearly what's interesting about shopping is that for the most part, it's habit-driven. And what COVID has been able to do is break those habits. So, you, you know, you used to think of, uh, e-commerce in particular is sort of about one-off purchases. Then it became about staples. And now I think you're looking at real innovation around really high-value purchases. So you think of something like Open Door, Carvana, mm -hmm. people buying houses. I was talking to someone the other day who'd moved from Brooklyn to LA, bought their house online, never seen it, got there, admitted wow. it needed a bit more work that he, than he'd anticipated. But nevertheless, you see people are thinking of transacting in completely different ways now because of COVID. So are you a fan of Open Door and Zillow? Are you a fan of this eye-buying trend? Well, I'm a fan of anything that empowers the consumer and gives mm -hmm. the consumer more context. I think as a consumer, what you're trying to do is get value for money, get what you're after, and you need the context of the market. And for the longest time, really, it was about realtors holding on to that context. There just wasn't enough information out there. And now right. as a consumer, you can complain that you're overwhelmed by information, but much better to have information to make a decision about, you know, what is going on in the neighborhood? What are the comparative prices? Unbelievably impactful for consumers to have information like that. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of them. So what yeah. happened to what happens to retail itself? And also, can we just, can we sure. just have a moment about how miserable it is going to buy a car? I mean, every Everybody talks about mm -hmm. the experience of, of buying Tesla, whose stock I noticed had gone up again today. <sighs> um, but but the way that you buy a Tesla <laughs> is so much. Sorry, Scott, yeah, is so go. much more. Uh, it, it is so much. 
it's so bad the experience of buying yes, a car when you go in you don't really know what you're trying to do you're trying to bargain should you bargain are they telling you the truth it's like this weird dance that neither of you know the steps to right. and the music is uh, is changing rhythm on you the whole time and so the ability to go to carvana or, or just buy online and be very specific and have a price is so much easier what how, what do you imagine they have to retail you know we I, I just interviewed raj chetty about how sort of people in affluent areas all the stores there are because rich people stay home and take care of themselves and get themselves tested endlessly. But what happens to the retail, the street level analog? This is an, also a trend. You know, malls were dying uh, and street life was better. But what do you see happening to the to the world of retail and then the world of fashion? What do they do? Well, it's a great question. I mean, I live in uh, I live downtown in New York, and all the stores have been boarded up. And even when they unboard them, which they did. Uh, about a week ago, a lot of the storefronts are just completely empty and all sorts of stores are just saying, we're not coming back. We're not coming back, partly to do with COVID, partly to do with the fact that we were looted. Mm. Um, and so it's this it's this eerie sort of desolate sense of um, these storefronts that are open. The value, the buildings are often overvalued. The realtors are greedy and it's really depressing. And obviously there'll be some kind of pop-up uh, scenarios, people come in and out for the holidays, but it's depressing. And I think the city, the cities need to get together or the, the local uh, politicians need together with local business and realtors and figure it out. What do you see? For, what, what do you do stay. if you're in a retail or a fashion business right now? If you're, what are you hearing from your fashion friends? Well, I think the fashion business, especially the luxury fashion business, has been incredibly slow to go online. I mean, I remember talking to the CEO of Celine, you know, uh, very senior uh, executives at Prada saying, we'll never go online. This is ridiculous. No one's going to spend $2,000 on a bag online. They were so late to the table. So I think they are investing all their resources on going D to C, which is where clearly the best relationship with the customer is. It's where you get data on the customer. It's where right. you can stay in touch with them. And that's obviously the future for a lot of fashion. And you can see Amazon. And we last time I was on Pivot, we were discussing Amazon's move into the fashion space. But it's clear that that's where fashion, especially the more affluent brands, uh, the you know Paris, Milan. That's where they need to be spending their time. And actually, I remember the CEO of Armani telling me that the most effective way for them to sell was to personally call their customers and say, hey, we know that you bought this skirt last season. This season, we've got a shirt coming in that would go really well with it. Now you can do that on text. It's much yeah. uh, cheaper, a much more efficient way to stay in touch. And actually, as a customer, it's very useful to know that that's what yeah, they do. And those customers are used to that now, that kind of behavior. Correct. That that like they don't need to be champagned and dined and right. dragged in. Or some of them do, but they weren't. Do, they're not doing that right now. Yeah, I mean nobody's doing that right now. Now, of course, there are some people that love that, but mainly you just want to know what have you got in? Will it fit with the rest of my closet? Can you give it me for for less, or can I find it for less elsewhere? Absolutely. Good, Scott. Fashion so, by fashion. the way, you brought up absolutely my favorite accessory in the world, the Celine Pico belt bag. In my view, best in the drum calfskin black. Guys, take it from me and Joanna Coles. You want to step up to the plate. That's that's the gift this holiday. Joanna, I'm serious. I love that bag. Uh, I'm curious. What do you think of the Farfetch? Uh, I think it was Artemis and Alibaba deal. 
Uh, well, I, what a clever deal for Farfetch. I think it's a brilliant idea for them. I mean, why wouldn't you do that if you right. were them? And um, Explain again, for this people is about who don't how, know, you two, you two insiders, Farfetch. Well, Farfetch is a brilliant business where you can, or, or it's brilliant for the consumer mm-hmm. in terms of if you're looking for something, you can basically find it for uh, the the cheapest price. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which and you can is, access again, those great local useful. stores, right? Great, great purveyors of artisanship. And- yeah. I mean, it, it's a whole world of shopping, which yep. now has Alibaba's resources, which will allow it to try and dominate the environment. Yeah. 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 Yep. But, but Scott, I came across a very interesting new um, uh, app yesterday, which made me think about you and Red Door, which I know you always talk oh my about. God. The mind runs crazy about what's it. about to spill out of um, your mouth. Go no, ahead. <laughs> I, it, well, it's an interesting. It's a. It's an interesting app that's called Goody, and it's actually it's a bit like Venmo for gifting, which is you hmm. can gift a real gift by text. So someone gifted me a robe by text, right? So I got Mm -hmm. a text saying, hey, someone's gifted you a robe. Mm -hmm. And then I fill in the details of the robe that I want. But even more importantly, I fill in the address of where I want it to be sent. And I think, you, you know, as you look down the barrel of holiday shopping this season and you think, God, everybody's moved everywhere. You know, so many people are not living yep. where they were living this yeah. time last year. And the bore of collecting people's actual addresses. This way I can say, hey, I'm sending you a gift. Here's the gift. You fill out where you want it to be sent. You fill out the size. You don't need to tell me you're an extra large through COVID. Um, you know, here's the gift. And I just thought, what a great solution to holiday shopping. It's sort of the red envelope of our time. Huh. Go on. Go with, with more on. longevity. We, I, I loved Ren. I bought from your red and blue. I needed you to buy so more, I was Joanna. a fan. I needed you to uh, buy more. I know. I just couldn't buy enough. I couldn't buy enough. All right, Joanna, another thing that you're on the cutting edge of is SPACs. Explain what you're doing. I couldn't believe that you were involved. When Scott mentioned it, I was like, what? Like, every, not that, you know, some, there's a lot of funny business in SPACs, but why are you in SPACs? Well, I, I these are special 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 purpose acquisition acquisition companies. companies. Yeah. yeah, which which enable high growth companies to go public faster. The traditional mm-hmm. IPO process, mm-hmm. as you know, is laborious and very distracting for a CEO and for yep. senior management, and it takes a long time. And SPACs have been around for some time. They weren't sort of very highly thought of, but they've been growing. And then this year, you've seen $60 billion worth of investment dollars move into SPACs. Um, You saw, I mean, you've mentioned on the show, Bill Gurley's sort of uh, seminal essay on why he would never take a company public with a traditional IPO again after Lemonade. Mm -hmm. uh, And the staff were left sort of high and dry because the bankers said, well, we're taking you to market at 27. It ended at 69. And the people that get screwed in that situation are the people who've been working there. Yeah, and the companies for the Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So there's much more discovery in a SPAC for Mm -hmm. the management team. And it's cheaper and it's more efficient. So it struck me as a very interesting thing to do. I think there are a lot of companies in the sort of one to two billion dollar range in uh, that are really disruptive in the beauty, the health, the fitness and the wellness space, which is really where I'm looking and in the subscription space. And I do think that 
you know, I'm looking for tech-enabled, data-driven commerce um, that uses media and content to create communities um, that sort of push that flywheel of growth. Quite a lot of jargon there, but I think you know what I'm, I'm trying to say. Um, and I just thought it would be really fun to 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 do one. And oddly, that space is not really heavily crowded with SPACs. There are a lot of SPACs out there, but many of them are looking for different things. There's a lot in the uh, electrical vehicle space. There's a lot in the energy space. There's a lot in the healthcare space. But women make 80% of the household decisions, consumer mm-hmm. decisions. And I thought, why not Why not look for some companies in the consumer space? So I'd love to do a lightning round with you. So by the way, Joanna is one of my, I don't know, small group of Yodas that I turn to when I when I when I need the straight skinny on a consumer company. So I want to give you a bunch of consumer brands. A baby Yoda or a grown up Yoda. <laughs> there you go. So the baby Yoda. Have you been watching The Mandalorian? By the way, it's genius. The second, no, it's genius. Yes, and do you know what Sonos did a partnership with it, and I was so pleased. I thought, what a smart thing to do because yeah. we have these great sound bars for your TV. Pedro Pascal, like a working soap I am opera doing actor. The Crown from last season, even though I didn't watch any of the oh, other seasons. The Crown, so good. Isn't it? So good. But now and I'm going back and watching the other seasons, which I never did. Yeah, crown. well, Helena Bonham Carter is an absolute Brilliant. triumph. The, the episode with where Margaret Thatcher goes to stay at Balmoral with the royal was family. Cap- yeah, well, so good because it captures this awful nuance at the heart of, of Britain about the class system yeah. and how, you know, Princess Margaret was able to patronize yeah. Margaret Thatcher, who'd done this astonishing feat of coming from a grace's daughter yeah. to be the first female yep. prime minister. And there was Princess Margaret in her kilts, you know, swelling to her full bosomy size and dismissing the first <laughs> female prime minister. Yeah, it was quite It good. was wild. All right, answer is Scott's That's question. such a good show. Yes. All right, Scott's okay. question. So uh, I'm going to give you some brands, and I just before you have a chance to be filtered and think I'm, you know, I'm a big deal and on a bunch of boards, I just want to hear th- three, five second. Well, reaction. first of all, can I just say I don't ever think I'm a big deal. Here we deal. go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you, I, enough of the British accent describing how wonderful the crown is. For God's sakes, I, Tiger King. Anyway, so innovative. Innovative. All right. Just give me your gut reactions here. Rent the runway. Can, can we just talk oh, about? Gosh. Can we just talk? I get, I get you two on a podcast, and good. I, I get I this at home. I don't to... need this here. All right. <laughs> well, anyway, get this from your children at Listen, home. What do you want to uh, talk about? What did about? you say? What was the brand? Rent the runway. I love rent the runway. I think rent the runway. I don't know why everybody's going around saying the runway. Rent the runway is over. I don't think it's over at all. I think it's been hit by a really bad. Uh, yeah, you know, time, going of course, because of COVID. Where is it in a year? You think it's back uh, stronger than ever? Goes sideways, gets acquired? What do you think? No, not in, not in a year. I don't think in a year. I think it will take longer to bounce back than that. But I yep. hope she holds on to it. And I hope she, uh, I would think that in two to three years, that thing will have bounced back. Yep. All I can tell you is that I have walked into many different kinds of offices and the mail rooms are just full of those navy blue bags. Mm-hmm. Their monthly rental for office wear was one of the best things to happen to fashion. Truly disruptive, truly disruptive. I mean, yep. it's possible that someone else will come out with the same thing, but I think Jen Hyman is brilliant. All right, next. Warby Parker. Uh <sighs> I would say my jury's slightly out on Warby Parker. I know they have very high um, ideas for valuation. I don't know what the motives for Warby Parker. Other people can do it. Mm-hmm. Glossier. I like Glossier very much. I think the way they've incorporated their community is super smart. 
I uh, I also like the fact they really listen to the consumer. And one of the great things about Glossier is the way the community goes off and does its own thing. So I don't know if you've watched Glossier Boyfriends, mm -hmm. which is uh, a feed of just bored but quite hot-looking guys sitting around or standing around as their girlfriends. Um, but you had a pause. Glossier. What was your pause? You had a pause. I heard a pause. Uh, well, my pause is that I think it's hard for single brands um, makeup companies. I think it's good to have more brands. I think they've got permission to do that. Um, but, you know, I'm sure they'll get acquired or they'll go public. Or a Probably SPAC. with a SPAC, actually. Yeah, maybe, maybe with okay, a SPAC. I got two more. Yeah. Uh, away. Uh, I agree with you on away. I, I don't understand why. I, I mean, I like the product, um, but I think, uh, I don't understand why it's the sort of you know, thought of as a tech company. It's just a luggage company. It's like Casper. It's got the same issues. You don't buy that many suitcases. And um, what I do notice is that the people who have them feel very tribal. They look at other people and sort of there's a slight nod of the head or a kind of a semi-wink, not a full wink, a little wink of recognition <laughs> that this is someone you who's must not using... <laughs> Um, who's not using a Toomey bag, right? Because up yeah. until now, it had always been about the black zip-up Toomey yeah, bag, which Toomey felt very people are corporate. all douches. But anyway, next one, Scott. They're not all douches. They're not all douches. Oh, wait, Toomey, I'm going to defend Toomey. Toomey luggage, but but it's very corporate. I yeah. don't want a Toomey bag because it's too corporate. So I'll wait. I know a luggage Joanna owns, and I don't even know what luggage. You so own a Ramoa. Am I right or am I right? Uh, in my dreams, actually, I do dreams. own several away bags oh, um, because I want to indicate I'm a creative. I'm not a corporate. I use Patagonia. But I would like Patagonia um, only. And I'm sure you use a backpack, right, Cara? Have yes. you ever used a suitcase? <laughs> I think you just throw it on your back and off you go. I have a paper it, bag. It, 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 I put it oh, in it's a paper a, bag. It's a third grade boy on his way to school. No, it's kids. All right, last sure. one. We got we to gotta go. Come on. Oh, okay. Well, okay. can I just say that if I if I do a transaction quickly in the SPAC, which is very much my intention, then I will buy myself an entire uh, series of Ramoa luggage. Right. How about okay, that? good. All okay. right, last Anyways, one. Anyways, last one. But this has totally come off the rails. All right, last one. A media company. It's probably, it's arguably one of the most valuable media companies in the private sector right now. Calm. Oh, I think I think Calm is a brilliant, a brilliant app. Actually, I know so many people that use it. I don't know where it sits in terms of headspace. I don't know whether or not they do a roll-up. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think Calm has got a permission permission to go into all sorts of. Um, things around the fitness and the health and wellness space. Mm -hmm. I think they've done a great job and obviously, you know, hugely helped by COVID. Perfect. Joanna. There you go. There as you go. Usual, you heard it here. You are brilliant. In fact, I'm now feeling calm. Just even you right. saying the word you calm just calmed me down. Oh, good. Yeah, I like that commercial. We all sit and stare at it. Um, when, when you do your SPAC, when you decide when you're going to do that, uh, will you come back and tell us why you picked the SPAC you picked? Explain it to us in detail. I will happily do. It's got to be within two years. Yeah, you hopefully. do. You have two years. That's a long can I, time. Can I be had at HR? Let's really be in a No, do not let Scott near HR. HR. Do Kuma. not. Let me give you Kuma. some advice on that issue. You can do something. You could be You could be strategic um, elf. How about strategic elf? Strategic elf? elf? <laughs> Where'd that come from? <laughs> on that note, Joanna, thank you so strategic much. That was perfect. Elf. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Gangster Jonical, second most popular guest speaker in brand strategy. All right, Scott, uh, one more quick break. We'll be back for wins and fails.
Okay, Scott, wins and fails. What are your wins and fails this week? Uh, well, my win, as we talked about it, is I, I think that a lot of media companies are recognizing its business model and they're showing a lot of leadership and they're taking their premier IP and holding hands and crossing the fire, whether it's Pixar, mm-hmm. whether it's what you talked about with Milan, whether it's uh, AT&T and Warner Me- Media, Jason Kalar, and obviously Jan Stanky had to give their approval for this. But I think they're showing real leadership and saying, okay, if we can sign up another yeah. one to three million uh, subscribers, it's worth more than the seven, eight hundred million dollars. I they think this to. is a big, this is a key move. And what people don't, what, the bar stuff, you know, people don't, you know, what's the worst thing that happened to HBO in addition to terrible brand moves in my mind? The government, the DOJ, which decided, I know, let's let's trash our credibility and file antitrust against AT&T because with 130 million, they should have to sell Adult Swim and the Cartoon Network, despite the fact that Apple has a billion and, and Android has two and a half billion. But anyways, them holding up HBO Max for a year to 18 months probably cost HBO Max Billion. between oh, five and twenty million yeah. Yeah. subscribers. Yeah, they were slow to they were slow to you know, the get really, there. You don't recognize the ramifications, and in this instance, entrenching the incumbents, uh, specifically Netflix, Amazon, and Apple. Yeah. You don't realize the kind of damage that really shit for brains. A regulatory, a regulation, when you take great departments like the Department of Justice and you politicize them, you weaponize them, and you say, guys, can you stick your heads up your ass for the next 12 months and distract the entire corporate market, pervert it, make it weird. But HBO, I mean, HBO, in my opinion, there's few brands that have fallen further faster than HBO. I just think they've made a a series of missteps, but also the fact that they were held back for 12 days, this is probably, that was an incredibly important 12 to 18 months when all the streaming video platforms were sort of coming out and, and getting s- subscribers or not, basically Disney filled that void. Disney plus filled that yep. void and signed up like 70 million subscribers. Anyways, my win is I think these firms They're are demonstrating leadership. Yeah. Well, Jason Kylar would be like enough, enough of that. And he knows how to fail and he knows how to succeed. So, um, you know, he knows how to get in and out pretty quickly. That's my win. Okay. Um, and do you have a win? Uh, I, I, I think that I, I do like the Biden selections of who they're having, um, who they, uh, who have they have selected. I think it shows a lot of care. It, you know, everyone makes fun of his basement strategy, although Trump has completely disappeared. That's a win, not having to hear from Trump except on Twitter. And then you can totally ignore that, not hearing his loud, obnoxious, fallacious voice. Um, but, uh, but I think very careful and interesting. We'll see how it goes. I think he's got an uphill battle because of the situation. But maybe, um, maybe, maybe it's just promising. It's promise. It made me feel good. And I, it's not just feel good, feel good. They're really good selections. They're really, it's not everybody I knew. I was expecting a lot more people at cronies. You know what I mean? And it was a little more mm-hmm. interesting, some of these people. And I've had to read up on a couple of people. I didn't know a lot about They seem very, like the woman who's going to run, um, oh, which one? Oh, the woman they just picked for one of the national security, but whatever. In any case, all the selections I have had to look up, and which is great, which I think is good. And they all seem incredibly competent uh, people, uh, experts in their area. Um, the only one who sort of showed up was John Kerry, but okay, you know, yes, as the climates are kind of thing. Um, I, I, in any case, I'm very happy about that. And the uh, fail for me is, well, is this, these, these Republicans have got to like, I don't know what they're doing to themselves. I don't get it. I get they're focused on Georgia, but this is not any way to build a party through crazy Sidney Powell who got, you know, they dumped, but not really dumped the Kraken lady um, who they, pre- mm-hmm. you know, they had her out front and now they're saying she never was with them. I mean, it, they're just crazy. So that's, that's it. 
That's what I would say. Okay, Scott, do you have a fail? I do. My fail is that um, our xenophobia uh, and also obviously our, our COVID-19, but specifically our incompetent uh, response to COVID-19 has resulted in a 43% decline in international students this fall. And international students, in addition to the dirty secret of education, as we claim we welcome international students for diversity, that's bullshit. They pay full freight. They're our cash cows. So in addition to putting pressure on the university system, if you think about a brand, and, and we, we literally have absolutely no, we, we don't register a fraction of the incredible power that the American brand has on our everyday lives in terms of people paying more margin for anything that comes from America, in terms of their inclination to not help our enemies, yep. in terms of them letting their best and brightest children say, all right, if you want to go to America, you can go because I believe I believe in that promise. They have no idea. People, people don't realize we're the apple of whatever you want to call it, geopolitics. And the brand is a function of awareness when we have kind of this 24 by 7 commercial because we're great at, at media running around the globe. But also the best and brightest from around the world come here for four years and they generally speaking love it. And a lot of them stay, but a lot of them go back and say, you know, these are good people and we want to work with them. And the notion that we are taking this incredible asset. And also, if you look at the NASDAQ, about 60% of the market cap of the NASDAQ is run by people who are first or second generation immigrants who came to school here. Yes, our xenophobia, Scott. So this is, this is again, we suffer from this inability to, you know, this nationalism, the swagger, this bullshit, the xenophobia is literally trading on our kids' prosperity moving forward. So it's a big fail that, that international students don't want to come to college here. Yep. It's a, it's 43%. Hopefully that might change. It's almost been cut in half, Kara. I know. Uh, this is the damage one person can make. You know, this is why elections matter. And this one's still going on. Not really, but it is in the mind of Donald Trump. But it will be over and we will hopefully get back to business in a way that 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 will focus in on these things. That's a very good loss. Speaking of uh, when, next week, on Thursday, we will be here Thanksgiving talking about Scott's new book, which has just come out, uh, Post-Corona, uh, A Crisis to Opportunity. We also might have to mention a story broke while we were talking. Amazon has hired Pinkerton detectives. There's all this this drop of all these internal leaked documents from inside its Global Security Operations Center revealing the company's use of Pinkerton operatives, private intel to spy on workers, and extensive monitoring of labor unions, environmental activists, and other social movements. Oh, dear, dear, dear Amazon. So maybe we'll discuss that in, in relation to your book and things like that, the power they have. Maybe. All right, um, Scott, thank you so much. We'll thank be you. back. Uh, what a difference a week makes. As always, email us at pivot at voxmedia.com to be featured on the show. And maybe you can be as sexy as Bob from Brooklyn, who did a really good uh, one last good. week. And we want more like that. Scott, can you read us out? Today's show was produced by Rebecca Sinanis. Fernanda Finate engineered this episode. Erica Anderson is Pivot's executive producer. Thanks also to Hannah Rosen and Drew Burrows. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. If you're an Android user, check us out on Spotify. If you like the show, please recommend it to a friend. Thanks for listening to Pivot from New York Magazine and Vox Media. We'll be back later this week for a, a breakdown of all things tech. Open quote. We are not the leader of first choice because we're always right or because we're universally liked or because we can dictate outcomes. It's because we strive to be the best of our ability to align our actions with our principles and because American leadership has a unique ability to mobilize others and to make 
a difference. That is from Anthony Blinken, our new Secretary of State. Yes. 